listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. Are there any plans to update our beautiful 1970s interior of the building that's on there? The hangar, the terminal building? The terminal building there. I mean, we, we know it's a beautiful, I mean, you step back in time. I mean, you just really feel that you are in the early 70s in that building. It's great. It's nostalgic. But is there plans to update that so that way it looks a little bit more modern? No, because it's all done. Oh really? Have you been there lately? I have not. I think I, I was I there. It, it was it was a year okay. ago. Yeah, I think it was a year ago. Yeah, the, prior to it, they had black tile ceilings. Yeah. Okay. It had uh, uh, old tile floor. The bathrooms were okay, but they were dingy. The panels. All right. We put all new flooring in. We have uh, wood grain looking flooring on the floor. We did all new lighting. We got LED lighting on there. Nice. We replaced the ceiling. Okay. Uh, we went into the bathrooms, uh, did new flooring in there, and tore the old stalls out and replaced them with new, non-rusty-looking <laughs> stalls. <laughs> so they're pretty now. <laughs> they are pretty now. And uh, we went down into the basement area, and we kind of used that as the pilot's kind of rest area. Uh, if you remember, in the past, we had this big uh, set of furniture there that would, uh, you know, 10 people could sit at it uh, on a couch. Mm-hmm. That's down there now where the pilots, if they need to get away from noise, they can go down and rest oh, nice. in that area. We placed the ceiling there, too. So we did pretty much the inside first. The outside of the building needs a little sprucing up, too, and uh, the soffits and that are old and start to get rusty. That's in the near future that we'll do that. But I'm happy to say that when I, I talked earlier about my fuel system got kicked out. When he, well, it turns out that our fuel system is 30 years old in tanks or 30 years old. Insurance companies have a little more issues with and they get that age because it's a single wall tank. We approached uh, the BOA and said, we would like to do a fuel project. Can you help us at the state? Okay. Um, state BOA said to us, well, we don't know what kind of monies we're going to have next year, but if, if you want to pay for an engineer, and that would be on our hand to uh, pay for the engineering study to make the design and whatever. And the commission said, yeah, we'll do that. And the state said, if you ever get awarded it, then you can roll that into your reimbursement. And this would be then a state a supported project at 80% and 20% would be the commission's responsibility. Well, that sounds we, like a fair trade. Well, we did. And, you know, not knowing whether we were going to do this, we had our guys, our engineering firm, MSA, start it in November. The design is all done. We had what's called a 95% completion meeting. Uh, we talked to our state representatives and said, you know, what's it look like? Are there any chances we're going to get funding? They said, oh, we don't know. Well, then we had our last commission meeting just last week, and our MSA uh, engineer was there, and he was talking about the projects, and he said, by the way, I want to tell you, your project got funded by the state. Nice. That was good to hear. So we're going to have a whole new fuel system, and the current fuel system will stay in place will be fully functioning while they're building the new one, and it's going to be right next to it, and all it'll do is if whatever remaining fuel that's in there will have to be filtered in and checked and then moved into the new tanks, and that'll likely be starting in uh, August or September. It's going to get bid in April, but it takes four to six months to get the... uh, what they call the pump housings and the pumps themselves there. That's how far the manufacturers are behind. So we're not, we don't have a problem at all with it being a late faller project other than the fact that we only have 10,000 gallons of jet storage capability. Now this will be 20 
with another spot saved for an additional 20,000 gallon tank if it gets to that point. Oh, how nice. And so we will uh, have to put up with another year of struggling to make sure that we have our tanks as full as we can be. And our we have a fuel truck which holds 3,000 gallons. So if we can get the other tank down to uh, less than a thousand, say so we have a total of four thousand available, we got to have that truck ordered. The loads come out of Chicago, and it's iffy if we can get it in one day, two day, or three. So that sometimes becomes difficult, especially when the EAA is in town, is in town and doing their things. Mm-hmm. That causes us to have a lot of difficulty. So if we can make it through this year without having a shortage, because I'm Quite frankly, some of the jets will come there. We'll take a thousand gallons of, of fuel at one time. Oh wow! Well, bigger jets, bigger, t- bigger fuel opportunities. Tanks. Yeah, yeah. Now the airport itself, uh, budget-wise, this year uh, broke even. Believe it or not, you know, fuel sales were down. We lost forty thousand dollars worth of fuel sales profit that we would have had. Uh, but fortunately for us, we got thirty thousand dollars from the feds. Uh, as far as the stimulus, and we had less costs on snow plowing, which basically evened itself evened out. Evened itself out. So we skied through there beautifully. Beautifully, just. But we're hoping um, that this next year we'll we'll be back to normal because it's uh, amazing uh, if you look at the traffic uh, activities that uh, uh, 2019 we would be on a, on a given. Day could have as many as 19 takeoff and landings of jets, and we were down to eight this last year. Yeah. Basically cut in half. When I was doing my training for being a drone pilot, um, I really want to be a good user of the airspace. And looking at you know, traffic in this area, it, it was kind of crazy, even you know 2018 and 2019. And now we've got the airport that's servicing the entire you know, a little chunk of our region here in Wood County. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, that year of uh, 2019, uh, we actually had jets come from every state in the United States. And there is a bulletin board, or there was a bulletin board, so that way the pilots can mark from where they they took off. And it's a worldwide, it's a global map. So it it was kind of neat. The one time I was in there, I think there was a chamber event that we were in there and it was really neat to see exactly where pilots, where these planes are coming from to little old Wisconsin Rapids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's pretty amazing. Uh, um, There's, you know, a lot of uh, uh, people that come in there. You can have, say, have celebrity. Right. Knowledge is that, uh, you know, we don't know who's coming in, though. Uh, those that are at the airport, we just know a, a charter jet is coming in from blank, blank, blank. They may be showing on the flight aware programs, mm-hmm. or they may not be. You know, sometimes a corporate jet, say, flying for uh, AT&T or whatever, uh, don't, doesn't necessarily share their plans publicly. Right. And will just come in. But they typically will be calling the airport, mm-hmm. letting us know that they're coming. And, you know, we basically have a, a set of hours that's from 7 till 5-ish or thereabouts that will we'll be there all the time. But then if somebody's going to come in after hours, if they let us know, we have a service called Charge, which covers the cost of the guy working overtime and et cetera and that. But, you know, they're... They're not uncommon to pay that. They, we talk to them all the time, and they say that's that's common all the time. On, but you know they recognize the value of an having an airport less than twenty minutes away from where they're going to go golf. Yes, <laughs> it's not like living in Atlanta and having driving two hours of rush traffic and uh, whatever trying to get to your destination. Or even going from Stevens Point down to Rome area is quite a hike. It is. Yeah, and it's just kind of nice. You can leave Stevens Point in a plane and just drop on down into Rapids and avoid all the stress and do it that way. I mean, any day you can fly, might as well. Every day that you can fly is a good day to fly. Exactly. Yeah, the airport's <laughs> fortunate to have a, 
an EA chapter at our terminal, and they they do uh, uh, flights for kids. Yes. Uh, d- twice a year, I believe they're in the schedule again this spring to do some uh, uh, opportunities for kids. Uh, I forget the term they used to call it, but but anyway, any kids from age, uh, I think it's 10 or 12 to 16, 18, they'll give them a free flight. And and uh, they, they love doing it. They love to get kids up in the planes. There's been some times where I was there helping them on their event, doing traffic control, basically, that a kid would go out to the plane and would be scared to decide, oh, I don't want to do it. Uh, but then after a little bit, they say, okay. Well, and they come out of that plane, they're just excited and wound up, and they say, I want to do this again. Mm-hmm. Huge mm-hmm. smiles. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. It's great. It's a very infectious hobby. Yeah. Yeah, so we're uh, we're pleased. I mean, everything in the town is going good. That uh, is good. It's airports going good, so... Uh, this COVID is getting better. Let's face it. Uh, at last count, there was uh, six people in Grand Rapids that were uh, shown with COVID. Okay. We were as high at some time as 70 people in Grand Rapids that had COVID. So mm-hmm. I watched the county's uh, reports pretty religiously and kind of posted on my Facebook page just because I want people to know. And, and, and if they, when we were high, I was encouraging them to do the right things. And I still am encouraging them to do the right things. And basically that's to get the shots as soon as they can possibly get you're on the list here. But uh, there appears to be a lot more shots coming. Uh, hopefully we'll be expanding that uh, real easy. Uh, I know the uh, health department has a couple places in mind where they will likely migrate to once they're uh, uh, unable to stay in the hangar anymore. Good, good. And one of them is Grand Rapids that seems to have a, a pond and a little trail around it. And <laughs> won't mention any names, but but that's in the works as being considered as one of the, the two possible sites for them to continue on to do their weekly or maybe even bi-weekly uh, drive-through Excellent. type of. All right. Well, Arnie, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a joy. I know after we get done here, I'm sure there's me, you know, we're going to probably talk for a, like another hour or so. Oh, yeah, I'll probably give you a few more tips. <laughs> Which is perfectly fine. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Ernie. Thank you very much for having me. Well, that was really, really good to have Arnie over, have a good chat about Grand Rapids a lot of the differences between the city and the town and some really cool things about where the town is going. Exactly. And it was really great to find out that if the kids do come over on the weekends, we do not need to go get a burning permit in order to have a campfire. Now, granted, we we do have a quite a large fire ring that we are we have in our backyard. But it's less than six foot. It is less than six foot. So And we're not going to pilot six foot tall, are we? The answer is no. I was going to say not tonight. The answer is no. No. Exactly. <laughs> you would have to see some of our our, bon, our fires. I wouldn't say call them bonfires, but when we were in the mood to burn, we just put everything on there. We got some oh, some really good flames this past weekend. Yeah, not too bad. You know, it's really fun when we get the uh, cardboard boxes and we stand them on end and, you know, it kind of creates a little bit of a tunnel effect. Mm-hmm. It's actually, you know, uh, a good way to learn science and physics. So it was really a teaching lesson is what we're going for. Exactly. Now, th- this is in compromise with some of the rest of my family who do legit live out in the country and they do get a burning permit because a bonfire in their eyes, if you can't see it from outer space, it's just not, it is too small. It's and just, just our family kind of has the same same theory going on, but we always make sure because we do live with Safety Ben that our fires are somewhat tamer. But it was really great to to hear that. And so I think this summer we're going to be having a lot of fires once the fire pit area gets all completed. And we're going to go over and enjoy the lake and the walking path. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to follow up and see what the um, 
what what the votes the fire were. Truck. Well, well, the, what the votes were for the path. <clears throat> oh yes, for the walking path. Walking path to. But to Ernie, get- Ernie, I had mentioned that we should go over and take a look at the new fire truck. So I have a feeling that we're going to go visit the fire station and uh, check out some fire trucks, and then also the uh, the airport. Well, of course, I'll grab the video camera and we can do a, a fire station tour. Oh yes, that'd be really fun. Then we should have the chief on, fire chief, police chief. Oh yeah. So the, the, that could be a fun afternoon. And especially, like I said, middle of May is police week, so that'd be that'd be kind of cool. Um, and yeah, it, Chief Mel really has a, an awesome background. Um, the fire chief, I believe Don, I believe, not sure. We'll have to double check who the fire chief is. Okay. Um, he also has a really substantial background. Um, he's been with the fire service for a very long time and mm-hmm. quite a lot of service here in Grand Rapids specifically. And it's really great on our way into the city as we're heading into the city now. Into town. We've got to go into town. Into town. Um, you know, we get to see Smokey the Bear and uh, he always sets, lets us know whether or not what the fire danger level is. So we always do encourage people to watch Smokey and to double check about those fire dangers to make sure that we are still burning properly. We do not want to see any uh, wildfires or any kind of fire situation in anybody's home. Well, and and we do hear now advertisements from the DNR encouraging us to do that burning now when the early early spring before everything gets dried out and that the dry time before then vegetation can flush out and uh, protect itself. Right. So now's the time to burn. Yep. So stuff, things, brush. Things. Yep. So we're going to we're going to have probably again this weekend we'll probably do a little bit of a fire and just kind of sit back and enjoy the new the new chairs in the fire pit area. And it's also fun that the offcuts of the building project helps with the fire burning because we, you know, burn the extra wood that I didn't use. Yes. It kind of helps build, you know, up that nice hot fire. So the way when we're trying to burn Tuesday's stick pile, we have plenty of options to to burn and we don't always end up with the smoke. A good clean fire is the best fire. Very true. It's also the safest. So you want to talk about the market, don't you? Well, yeah, the second half, we always do touch on the market a little bit. Um, So, you know, today, again, you know, we're looking at this is a pre-recorded. So as of Wednesday night, how late is it on Wednesday night now? Oh, it's it's the night. It's after business hours. Although real estate, we have no business hours. Exactly. So I don't know where we are in our day. No, we're about 7 o'clock. Okay, so about 7 o'clock tonight. Was that... uh, 20, 21 homes? 23. Ooh, 23 homes. In the greater Wisconsin Rapids area in all prices. Which is really great because in the, in the beginning of the week on Monday, I believe we were down to 18 and now we're up to 23. So again, we're getting more homes on the market and we're also getting some more vacant land. So again, we're, we're going to be looking at talking to some builders to see if we can get some, some homes built so that way we can help with the housing shortage. If we can get some nice homes being built, we can move some pe- some people out and, and into new homes to help that little domino effect that we have. Exactly. And we heard from Arnie that there there are still people building. There, there's subdivisions being created and flushed out. Um, I know a lot of that is a long-term situation. You know, you can only build so many houses a year, so you can't build an entire subdivision at once. Right. But, but just starting that conversation too, so that if we do run into that buyer who cannot find what they're looking for and would prefer to build, then we would have some some options as far as builders of these are people who we've talked to very recently. This is where they're at, instead of just kind of going by the the hearsay and find out that some things may not be quite as accurate as what we'd like. So I just typed in the the magical computer for land. And the active in the Wisconsin Rapids area, 144. Wow. Okay. So let me just, let me just double check active, not all active, just active. So those are the ones without offers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yep. It says 144 and, um, town or we've got the Vesper area, town of Grand Rapids. And we have all Siegel, the different Rome, size lots Lacusa. yet too. So if you're looking for, you know, just a little half acre, we can find you that. 
if you're just looking for, you know, maybe two or three, we've got that. We've got a couple 40s in there. So there are plenty of opportunities as far as building a home goes. And we could always walk you through that process as far as finding a vacant land, the builder, and all the contingencies that go with a vacant land purchase. Right. And city lots are going to be slightly different than lots out in the municipalities. So we can walk you through all that as well. And prices are ranging from $4,900 to almost $2 million. Of course, those $2 million plots are going to be far more. The uh, median price, so the price in the middle, mm-hmm. not the average, is $45,000. That's not bad. Right. And it's for more than just an acre. Well, good. Good. So let's see here. Back to the residential market. The lowest property that we have listed is 34900 The highest property is eight ninety nine nine. And our median price, so the price in the middle, $182,500. And that's exactly what we're seeing as far as um, the people wanting to purchase houses. We see a lot hovering right around that median price range. So we get a lot of requests for about at the 100000 It's really active, about one hundred and thirty to 150000 Yes. And then we still get requests up 180000 Okay, so Fox is now eating our soundproof in the back of the wall. It's Again, o- this is always, you know, this is, you know, our life. You know, Fox is joining us this, this evening. That would explain why the sound panels keep coming off of my wall. Yes, because when you got your cat eating them. Studio cat life. Yes. <laughs> She's See, adorable. We love her. If it weren't for the pets, I mean, life would just be dull. It would. Okay, so back to the market. You get totally distracted, don't you? I do. Well, it's kind of funny. You know, she jumps up on the back onto your chair, and then she's trying to climb up onto the back, and she's like gnawing at at the the foam that's on the wall. And this was the uh, not-so-expensive stuff from Amazon, too. So it's kind of funny. So you kind of hear me chuckle, and of course, then Ben needs to find out why I'm laughing, and here's our cat trying to eat the wall. Well, I think we'll put a stop to that. To my wandering mind or to the cat eating the wall? No, to the cat eating our house. Okay, good. Yeah, at least she's not eating the furniture. Very true. Okay, so back to the market. So those 23 houses that we have active without an offer, Mm -hmm. days on market, the high is 684, the low is two. Right? So our our medial days on market is 119. And in this case, the the median number is far more telling than what the average number is because those properties that have been here for, well, over two years. Oh, yes. That really skews a lot of things. So our median days is 119. And it's really, you know, when you come in and we you're looking at selling your home, we're going to be telling you about the the average days on market. So when we have that conversation, we'll let you know what do we mean by average days on market because we want to look at particular homes and how long it takes for that particular age group or that price group to to sell. And kind of a little bit too, you know, on the buyer side when we look when we get asked that question, well how many days on the market? It's always going to vary per home because a home is going is looking for the perfect family. Right. So, you know, we have some that are going to be a duplex that's going to be sitting on the market just a little bit longer than a single family home. So kind of taking a look at number of days on market is always just kind of, it. we know the number, but we can explain to sellers and to buyers the reasoning why behind those numbers. So I just did a type into the computer. Okay. Houses between price eighty thousand and one eighty thousand. Okay. So I got a hundred thousand dollar price gap. There are seven that are active and available. The low days on market is two, high is fifteen. So average days on market is eight, median days is nine. That's fast. It is. That's between a day and a week. And that's where we're talking with our buyers of 
going to their bank, getting their pre-approval, getting everything ready to go, because then we can find out exactly what price range you're going to be looking in. And if you're just kind of doing the, well, I think I can afford 150, we're going to show you some homes. You're going to go to the bank. You're going to, you know, you're going to fall in love with all these homes. You're going to go to the bank and you're going to find out that, you know, worst case, you really should have been in that 125. So you fell in love with a home that you cannot afford. Or it's going to turn around the other way. And maybe you could have gone up to 200 and gotten a little bit better of a home or in a different location because you weren't sure where that price range was. So again, it's always really good to go talk to the, to the bank to find out for going moving forward for buying a home, what price range should I really be looking in? And getting that pre-approval and the pre-qualification and all that stuff and and really getting to know your banker is so very much important. Now, we've been talking about this continually. You know, it and, really is. and even too for the sellers, when they are getting offers in, any offer that does not have a pre-approval, they are just passing on right away. They are just saying, we're not going to look at this because we have two and three other offers. They have their pre-approval already. They've given it to us. We know that this is going to be a solid buyer. This one we're not too sure on. Well, and I'm excited for next week because we'll delve into more of the market sales and what what has sold in this past month. Yeah, because uh, February's numbers should be out. Should be pretty close. We can get some rough numbers right now, but in a week or two is when a lot of the um, final publishing happens because there's um, it's kind of like the election where you get the raw numbers kind of roughly at first, but then it has to flush out over a period of time. So, because there's still some that are they're hanging out, um, they haven't fully been closed or vetted. Maybe not the ones that have been via a real estate agent, but ones that were um, passed through a certain way. Whether whether they were handled only by the bank and signed only by the bank, or cash buyers that haven't been registered at at the courthouse fully, and those numbers then have to go to the state and yada yada yada. Okay. So yeah, that's why we're always. It seems like we're a month or two behind. And even you listen to the national show and they're talking about January numbers, but we're in March. Well, it's the time frame for the flushing out of numbers. Okay. So speaking of the national market. Speaking of the national oh market. Oh my goodness. Growth. That, that was the news from this past week was just continual about how much growth has happened in the last year, even during the pandemic. And they're talking about we're looking at 20% growth from um, relating to even back to 2006. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of years to start comparing things. And we are, we are substantially ahead of where we were back then. Not just with number of houses sold, but also price and affordability. Because our interest rates have been so low, people can afford more. Still with that same... Uh, Median income that is also a, a qualifying number. Excellent. So our median income numbers haven't grown as fast as the real estate, but because interest rates are are at historic lows, right? And even if they bump up a point or two, we're still at lows that we really haven't seen for for quite well. We have seen for quite a while, but it's taken a while to get here in the first place. Right. I think when I first bought my home. 11 years ago, I want to say it was like a 5% interest rate. Sure. So, I mean, I know it was above four and it was below six. So we're just going to go with it was, it was a 5% interest rate. Right. And, and interest rates have been on a slightly downward trend, not as fast as they had been in the last year or two, but we were getting to this point and they had been stabilized about four or five, which is really good for a normal economic atmosphere. Mm Mm-hmm. So now people are just taking advantage of it. Lots of refinances too. Yes. And that's what some people are doing. They're, they're going through. And that's why the banks are so busy. So even if you call the bank and try to get an appointment to get in there to talk to them, they're telling you it's going to be like a two to three week wait. Just bear with us and, and go and talk to the bank because they're going through and a lot of people are refinancing. They're like, I like where I live. I love my home. I don't want to move, but I want to take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. Right. So now a couple other things that were brought up are news from the National Association of Realtors. 
uh, kind of touched on the Texas storm damage situa- situation. Uh, FEMA is allowing an, an easing of restrictions. They're working with the Texas government so that they can get outside contractors in and available, and they don't have to follow as, um, well, they wouldn't have to be as certified in Texas. So if you get a, a neighboring state, you know, you're certified per state, kind of like with real estate. We're only certified in one state at a time. Correct. So a contractor who's certified in another state, the Texas now under the storm damage situation is saying, well, you are certified and we're going to recognize that for this instance for the next period of time so you can help rebuild us. So we're going to get like a little bit of a grandfather in situation for this time being once, you know, the, the date is up, you need to go back home. We can take care of the, the rest of it. Right. But it's this first push of, you know, heavy infrastructure needs to be rebuilt and and all that jazz. We kind of experienced that here in Wisconsin Rapids. In 2019. In with 2019 the with yeah. the derecho, we had people, you know, I'm not sure if they came from other states, but we had Marshfield, um, Appleton. Appleton. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of distance coming in to help out because the house that we had, we had someone from, oh, who was it? We took a picture of their truck. Do you remember? Was it the Marshfield? Family group I, that came I, in? I believe so, yes. It was either Marshfield or Medford. It was one of them. It started with an M. But we were just so happy and so grateful that they were able to restore the power onto our block. It was great. Yeah, and they brought over, uh, well, this is a power utility type of situation. And they brought over a uh, mini bucket truck that just like slid right through the houses. We we only had well, like 20 feet in between our house. So to try to get a full-size utility truck in there. Well, and it was uneven ground too. So, I mean, it would be really, we'd hate to see a a truck roll over onto a house. So it was kind of really great to see the little truck come in and do their thing. And And of course, everyone without power and we, you know, there's no power at work. So we're staying at home without power. We're all just in the backyard, you know, with the lawn chairs watching them. It was pretty fun. So some more stuff out of Texas. Okay. So the FEMA, again, um, they're encouraging people to contact their private insurance for homeowners insurance, and then have their homeowners insurance really coordinate with FEMA on who's going to pay the remainder of that. And insurance companies are really good about that too. Yes. But then they're also saying if you're not insured to go ahead and contact FEMA because they have uh, FEMA agents out there or people who work for the the government that can take care of some of the non-insured people as well and give some um, compensation or or, return the money. Right. Okay. So that'll be interesting. The biggest thing is when an event happens, and we found this out in 2019, get your insurance company involved right away, and they'll help guide you through the whole process. Mm -hmm. And then those numbers will actually um, help tally and get forwarded over to the emergency management offices so that at the city and county levels, they can apply for a certain amount of FEMA grant money, too, to help rebuild infrastructure in the area. Interesting. Yeah. So the sooner you can tell your insurance company what's going on, the sooner everybody can get funding to uh, get infrastructure up back and ready for, for use again. Excellent. Um, HUD is also saying down in Texas, they're allowing a 90-day moratorium for evictions and foreclosures. And again, we can kind of, you know, feel how that would happen. Your, your life is stressed so much. I mean, businesses have collapsed. They, they're flooded with water pipes that have now, you know, burst after the uh, thaw. So your business is down, you're out of work, and your house is in a mess. And if you're a renter, well, that's, that's another part of it, too. Right. So we, we continue to pray for Texas. We do. They will rebuild. They're strong and resilient. And hopefully the, get it done before the hurricane season. And that's why we live in Wisconsin, where the air hurts our face. Exactly. So we were talking a little bit about new builds. And across the country, building is up about 4.5%, 4.3%. They saw that January, about year over year. Uh, December was a little bit higher. But still, for the wintertime, these trends of houses that are new build sales is is pretty good. Well, we did have a, a nice December where we didn't have a whole lot of snow, wasn't super cold. So it was still buildable time. Right. And this is national, so it takes okay. into all parts of the country as well. Excellent. Yeah. Um, timber and lumber prices are through the roof. 
So that's uh, like we had talked to Arnie before the show and between that fact and people wanting better things in their house once they get in the middle of the building, it takes, you know, oh, I'll just build a spec house for maybe 150000 and it ends up being spec house for over two hundred. Right. I mean, the different, you know, instead of going with maybe an oak cabinet, we decided now to go with a hickory or a cherry, something completely different, which is going to increase the value of your home, but then it's also going to increase that that bottom line too. Well, you have to have something expensive in order to have the value of it in the first place. Very and true. you got to pay for it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But still, a lot of people are seeing such value from purchasing a house and making some of those tweaks to fix it up the way they want versus building outright. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, if you're curious about selling your house, now is the time. Give us a call. We can do a market analysis for you. All right. So are we on to our style blog? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. I see that you're clicking on the computer. I, I'm I'm getting ready. I know. I'm getting ready. Because I'm going to bring up last week's conversation we had about the uh, office in the closet. Yep. We we haven't gotten any feedback on that one yet. Yes, we have. Oh, we have? Do yes, tell. Yes, I've been getting, I got a private message on that one. <laughs> cool. Okay. Go so I, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for that that topic to to get into that section. So, I mean, I don't mean to cut you off here on, on your list. We can oh. we can go right into it. Okay, so yeah, last week we did we talked about that that office closet space. Whether the, the clawfish, the clawfish. So yeah. we were kind of talking about well, what do you do? You know, with all the prom dresses, you got the sparkle behind you, and you know, how is this going to work? Now we did an open house over the weekend, over the past weekend, and it had a walk-in closet, except for the walk-in closet had clothes on three of the four walls. And I was looking at this going, how would we fit a desk in here? How would we rearrange this? I'm like, I'm not all for having the clothes in the closet. I'm all for making that space your office. That I get, totally grasp, but just not with the clothes in it. And someone had made a a comment to me of, I'm with you on this, Carrie. Definitely take the clothes out of the closet. Would not work with the sparkles. Okay. So again, kind of looking at that, Really cool idea of, yes, we can make a little office space in there. Because as you're trying to do a presentation, and I went to high school in the 90s, we would have some very nice, pretty 90s prom dresses sitting behind me. I just don't think that would look very businessy or appropriate. Luckily, all those fashion styles are coming back. Very true. Well, we always say if you were in that fashion style the first time around, you should probably consider not being in the fashion style the second exactly so trying to stay away from those sparkle prom dresses so so in order to make your office presentation more presentable in your closet office make sure you have the tuxedos behind you is, is that what we're saying class maybe, it up a little bit maybe class it up a little bit we you know we get a you know get the french cuffs out and line those up i don't know but definitely in a total agreement of let's take the clothes out of the closet yes to using the closet as an office, but now we got to figure out what to do with those clothes. And we, we just, um, had a showing with a buyer who was uh, curious about a house and really a, a big concern was where am I going to be at home working and trying to find a, a basement space. This particular house, uh, was from the 1800s, I believe, or 1900s. Yes. So yes, it was a, it was a stone foundation a century ago, man. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it wasn't, can you stick it in the basement? You know, we've got right. our studio in the basement, but this one, not, you'd have yeah, to get Yeah, this creative. one, not, not really. Just, it would not work for this family of trying to create an office in the basement so that way they could still work from home because this, this family is still working from, from home, which they're just grateful that they're still working, but they needed to have a basement that they could use that they could turn part of it into an office. So... Was not a good fit, but it was almost the perfect size. We gained a lot of knowledge by taking this buyer to this home anyways and just kind of do a, let's just go look at it. And I want to hear thoughts and opinions. You know, do you like the kitchen layout? Do you like where it is to the living room? Now, once the kids start going to school, do you got your homework space? Are you going to be okay with them doing homework in the, in the family room and you in the kitchen? we were able to gain a lot of knowledge just from, from having some of those questions answered while they were in the home. 
And even looking through our, our MLS, our listings um, from the area, we can see that the homeschooling trend is really, um, they're starting to get very well into navigating how we do the school at home. You know, having the cubby spaces for each of the children, if you have mm-hmm. multiple children, uh, making a dedicated space that you can bring your school materials out and use them maybe at the dining room table, but then they go back into their school spot and really creating that differentiation of we're at home, but now is school. And Well, I mean, we lost our snow days because we learned that the internet is wonderful <laughs> and we can still have school even, not, even if there's, you know, a blizzard going on outside. So, you know, I, me personally, I'm quite an introvert and I like the idea of all this Zoom and teleconferencing and I've been able to get so much done as well from different interests and I have a lot of different interests. Yes, you do. So this morning was a great example. I had a meeting that took place well across town and that got over and I was able to click into our um, Our weekly sales sales meeting meeting that was on the other side of town and I'm sitting even on the farthest side of town from either of them. And it was just click, 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 boom, and I'm there. You know, uh, I think, I hope a lot of these trends are going to continue. It was just sad that it was because of a pandemic that forced us into this. It is. But, so, you know, I think we're, we're even starting to learn it, it's been a good thing because we have worked with sellers that have been living in Utah mm-hmm. and could not come to Wisconsin. So we're trying to email documents to them and try to walk through it with them. We're like, okay, I really wish I could just see you and you can see my screen. You know, there was a lot of that, but there wasn't a huge push to the Zoom meetings where we could have that face-to-face conversation because we just weren't there yet. The technology was there, but we were just weren't forced to use it because we could not go to the house next door to do our, to stand there and talk with the people and to look at the home. It, it made us change the way we did everything. Which we, we always want to do that more personal connection and going to all of these meetings face-to-face with our clients and our sellers and buyers. I mean, that's what we want to do. But I think people are so much more comfortable now with the technology side of things. And we were doing a lot of the technology things, like you said, for the past couple of years. Right. Just now it's so much more focused. Well, now we, we added in that, that video. Right. You know, we were still sending those documents over to Utah. They were able to, you know, scroll through and, and talk about it and have those conversations. We just couldn't see you. We would have no idea what you looked like because you were always just the voice on the on the phone. We, we would maybe see you once at the beginning of a transaction and then wouldn't see you again at all because, yeah, you're in a different state. Mm-hmm. So, no, it. I think there's a lot of good things that will come out of this. Well, that's good. Especially once we can get our offices back in the closet. No, without the dresses. Without the dresses. Okay, so National Association of Realtor. They've our got, blog. They, they've got one of the blogs. Right. Melissa Dittman Tracy puts out this section called Hot or Not. All right. Hit me up. Okay, so national trend. What do you think about kitchen design, black kitchen cabinets? She's like, thinking. so, okay, so like yep. the base is black or the whole entire thing is black? Ooh, either. They, because we can do the, the, the two, two-tone. Okay. I can see that. So like black cabinets and white countertops? White countertops. Or like a light gray, like a marble. Whatnot. Right. Okay. So what are, what are we really, so, are we talking like solid? Everything is black? Well, black kitchens with contrasting counters and fixtures now that would be that would be looking really sharp and it is it's hot that that's a hot trend but the part that's not a hot trend is having poles knobs on the front of your cabinets so we're back to the early 90s as far as that goes where there's clean face cabinets and we just um peeled our fingers on the bottom of it to get the doors open. And we saw one earlier in the week. I believe it was on Monday. We went to a home that did not have any poles, no handles, no nothing. And so it was just find that the edge and pull it open. And it's, it's interesting that some doors and drawers lend themselves well to this. Um, especially if they have like a little back bevel that you can, you know, actually reach on and grab. 
whereas the panels that have just a 90 degree straight edge, maybe not so much. And then you go ahead and start putting paint on them and they get a little greasy afterwards and they start mm-hmm. sticking. Right. So yeah, black and monochromatic kitchens are a hot trend, but having poles on your doors, not so much. Well, we started looking into, we were going to do like a gray kitchen. So we started to kind of look at what we're going to do as far as our kitchen remodel. We know we're going to go with a bigger stove. We're going to go with a 36-inch stove. And if we're, when we do this, the, the question is always, do we just gut everything and put it in the new kitchen and kind of do a different style? We were looking at gray. And it was gray on gray. So it would be a darker gray on the base with the upper cabinets a lighter gray. And then have, I think it was like a black countertop. I think that's what we kind of settled on or we were looking at as far as, okay, Mm -hmm. well, you know, would this style kind of work with our home? And especially with putting in black and or stainless steel appliances. Right. Well, we got all stainless steel, Mm -hmm. or at least that's the route we're going. We're going to the stainless steel because we like it. I like it. And that's pretty much the only style that the industrial sized stoves and ovens come in. Yes. (laughs) It kind of fits. Yes. So, yeah. Monochromatic kitchens. Okay, I can do that. That that I'm good with. Although I think my black mixer would kind of get totally lost in that, so maybe I would have to spice it up with a little bit extra, extra flair. We can bedazzle your mixer. Yes. Yes. So now a couple other things that they were talking about in the staged, styled, and sold blog, also by Melissa Dittman Tracy from the National Association of Realtors, is some trends from the website House. H-O-U-Z-Z. Okay. Okay. It's kind of like a HGTV, Better Homes and Gardens thought process. Okay. So a couple of the really hot trends this past year, mudroom storage. So the the foyer, the entryway, the mudroom, like we had mentioned last week, where you had the the bench and, you know. Every kid has got their cubby. It almost Mm -hmm. looks like kindergarten all over again. You know, you knew, you know what I mean? When you walked into your, to the kindergarten room, everybody had their hook and their little place to sit and they always put their shoes underneath. You know, you had your spot for your gym shoes and you had a spot for your snow boots. Every kid had their spot. Because it was efficient and it worked. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, adding touches of personality. So really any of the home design trends combined with different finishes and fixtures to add greater visual interest. A lot of people are moving away from natural, or excuse me, neutral and sparse decor in favor of more unique spaces. So one of the things that they've shown is the uh, the reading nook. Oh, okay. Yep. Especially under like a stairwell, you know, instead of having it blocked off and then a closet access from the back, perhaps um, in that front wall, have an inset area where you've got uh, some fun pattern wallpapers and a reading nook. Kind of hot over in the California area. That is where they always created the indoor dog house. Right. Underneath there. And so, you know, it was always kind of in that really small, smallest part of of the area. They would create like a little dog house there. That way the dog would have an indoor dog house and they would totally, you know, trick it out. So that way it's got a little bed, it's got the rug, you got some wallpaper, some decoration. They look pretty neat. If you get a chance, Google indoor dog houses. And then that also makes so much sense because what else are you going to do with that dead space that's wasted underneath the stairs? Right. And you, a perfect place for, mm-hmm. you know, for a pup to go. It's tucked away. You can still see what's going on. They can see what's still going on. It's a great idea. Because even if you have like storage, that little, that, that space, the extra or the end portion that's only like a couple inches tall. You can't get there to store anything in it anyway. So yeah, make make a dog play area for it. I also had seen someone turn that space into a coffee nook area, a coffee bar. Okay. So, you know, they had the Keurig there. Granted, it was a little bit further up in the stairwell, but that's where they put everything for, you know, all the extra Keurig cups, everything like that. They had some drawers and then they had a space for where their coffee stuff was. And that's where they kind of created their their little coffee bar. That's perfect. It is. Especially it was really cute. Especially these, you know, we're working from home type of situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another big one that they said is 
no matter what the design is, having statement lighting fixtures. So fixtures that you think are really, really special and really focus on your trend and your style. So if your bathroom, for instance, is all monochromatic and it's grays and whites, well, if you like it more of an industrial style, you don't have to change everything. Just swap out a light fixture or two. Very well. Or maybe add it into uh, a unique situation like a half bath. I'm thinking of the birdhouse uh, yes. light fixture that we saw in one of the the listings that we just recently toured, you know, coming into this old Victorian home and the entryway lighting was a birdcage and, and they swapped a few mm-hmm. things out. So the birdcage was over the top and they still had the chandelier in the middle where, you know, the bird would be sitting, but it was in a birdcage. It looked really cool. It fit with the home. And I think they used some Edison bulbs as well. Yes. I mean, it was done really nicely. Okay. So just to wrap up, Grand Rapids Fire Chief, his name's Bob. Gotta go see Bob. We're going to have to go see Bob and the new fire engine. Yes. So you're going to have to look for a video. We'll post it on our Facebook page of us touring the firehouse. Exactly. So that'll be a fun time. Um, And again, if anyone needs to know information about the area, hop on the internet, go to myrapids.info. You've got a lot of historical links and to all the um, area municipalities as well. If you want to know information about the listings that are current in the area, go over to myrapids.com. So the myrapids.com address has Carrie's website there and all the listings that are available in the area. Just do you know a search, put in what number of bedrooms and stuff you're looking for. And there's a section to fill out a form and that'll get right into contact with us. Excellent. Sounds really good. And if they have any questions that they would like to have answered, do we have an email for, for the radio show? For the radio, it's myrapidsradio at gmail.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening this week. We look forward to talking with you again next week. You guys all have a great Central Wisconsin day. Bye-bye.